Welcome to Beyond the Roadmap, Product Talk with AWH, a podcast for product people, by product people. Join us as experts share their experiences and expertise to help you build great products. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Roadmap. My name is Lucas Latour, and I am the host. Today, my guest is Carlos, the founder and CEO of Product School. Founded in 2014, Product School is the global leader in product management training with a community of over 1 million product professionals and over 20,000 alumni. They offer live, interactive online courses that suit your schedule to help you become a certified product manager. And if you want to learn more about it after the show, check out www.productschool.com. Carlos, welcome to the show. Hey, Lucas. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I know I said a little bit about it at the beginning, but just for the benefit of our listeners, would you tell us a little bit more about what Product School is? What's the core product? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's funny because we we are more of a service than a product. We actually teach others how to build digital products, and that's by design. So a little bit more about my story. I studied computer science and, I'm, and I know how to code, but I soon realized that I didn't want to spend the rest of my life coding or as an engineer. I just wanted to leverage my technical background in a different way. But back in the day, there weren't really that many options. I'm originally from Spain, living in the Bay Area. And, you know, I was looking around in my class and, and saying, but is there anything else I can do with coding? And I was like, no, kid, you signed up for this. So you're going to be an engineer and then a senior engineer. And you, if you do well, maybe a principal engineer. So back in the day, my alternative was business school, which is very aggressive because I literally went from an engineering school to a business school. And mm-hmm. um, I came here to the Bay Area, um, started a master's program in UC Berkeley. And it was really refreshing for me to, first of all, meet a lot of other engineers who were thinking business. So it was at least a validation that I wasn't the only one with that problem. And then I also met a lot of incredible people who were coming from a more traditional business background, such as consulting or finance or marketing. They also wanted to work in tech. They wanted to get their hands dirty, but they were feeling very intimidated by not having a traditional technical background or knowing how to code. So here we are, two different groups of people in the same business school, trying to tackle the same problem from very different angles. And the funny Mm -hmm. thing is that in the entire two-year full-time program, (laughs) there wasn't a single class Forget about product management. There wasn't a single class on digital marketing, UX design, data analytics, all of these digital skills that a lot of people have to use on a daily basis. So it was another confirmation that, okay, I this is not the solution. And I kept with my career working as an engineer first, then as a, as a founder. I've started three companies in my life, always in the mm-hmm. education space. I think I have a love-hate relationship with education because I've struggled always looking for the right mentors and the people I wanted to learn from and, and the topics that I really wanted to learn. And uh, that wasn't always the case. So I was always trying to create my own solutions. And finally, Product School, which is my third company, it's exactly a solution to my own problem. And I think it's my call in life because it's exactly what I wish I had when I was starting my career. It's a hybrid between an engineering school and a business school that hopefully gets the best out of both worlds and offers training for people who want to build products on weeknights or weekends. And I think that's another problem that I had with the traditional education system, which is you have to decide, do you want to be a student or do you want to work? Uh, But what if you want to have it all? I Mm -hmm. believe in lifelong learning and I don't think 
people should stop learning in their mid-20s and then continue working for the rest of their life. I think we can do both. So all of these trainings happen on weeknights and weekends, and that also allows us to bring incredible instructors because our instructors are not traditional teachers. They're actually practitioners, product leaders who keep their full-time jobs working at Google, Facebook, Uber, Netflix, and some of those top companies. So you, you mentioned going through business school and, and sort of not finding the exact right uh, curriculum for what you wanted to learn. Is that sort of how you identified this opportunity? Because, I mean, there's it's one thing to like go out and find sort of like resources to learn. But how did you kind of identify the opportunity that like, hey, maybe we could create uh, a new service for people to teach them in, this in, in product management? Well, this was literally a solution to my own problem. I didn't do a full-on market research to really understand the size of the opportunity because I, first of all, wanted to be happy. In my previous company, I did this whole Silicon Valley thing of raising money, growing fast, and then hopefully trying to uh, figure out a business down the line. And I realized that that's, that is not for me. I wanted to go back to basics, build something that I care about, where I can spend my time talking directly with customers, where I can solve their problems. And I obviously want to be profitable right away. And then if it grows, fantastic. But if not, I don't want to have that peer pressure of like, how much money did you raise? How big is your team? So mm. the challenge was very, very humble. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't have the ambition to grow. And that's exactly what happened. I think timing was very good. Execution, hopefully, wasn't bad. And uh, here we are six years after with a global community, as you mentioned, of over 1 million product people. Trust me, back in the day, I didn't even know that there would be that many people thinking about product. Yeah. Like, what did the industry look like back then? Was it, did people even have, you know, a clear definition of what product management is at that time? There was nothing. Um, mm. I think it was summer of 2014. And uh, at that time, there was a huge boom with uh, coding boot camps. So there were a lot of new schools promising people, hey, in two to three months, you are going to learn how to code and get a job. And I know from experience as a computer science student that not all the people who learn coding want to spend the rest of their life coding. So that was a, a first data point there. And then my other hypothesis is that you don't need to be a coder in order to become a product manager. Actually, mm -hmm. you can come from almost anywhere, business, marketing, design, and, and the best product teams have this type of uh, hybrid approach. So anyway, I that's that was my initial hypothesis, but a lot of people would ask me, what is product management? Is this project management? Do you have to go? Do I need to go to business school? So there's a lot of confusion in the market. And again, this is just San Francisco. So imagine other places in the world that are not that tech savvy. So I wasn't really concerned because my goal as a bootstrap founder was to, to start a business and help very few people. My goal was to get one customer and then 10 customers. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to put all my energy there. And that's exactly what I did. So I created the first curriculum based on my own experience of 10 years, literally building companies and, and products around the world. I was the instructor. I was everything. I took care of the students. I would go out for coffee with them. I literally had to make sure that, especially that the first cohort of students would really get another PM job or their next promotion or really be be happy with their investment. And then from there, I kept taking baby steps to involve more and more people. But there is no secret sauce here where, you know, I raised a ton of money and then suddenly things happen. This is a six-year overnight success, if you will. Wow. Yeah. They, they say like you work 
six years, 10 years, whatever, just so people can call you an overnight success. And uh, that's incredible. So like when you were first starting, how did you go about getting your first customers? Great question, because I think sometimes, especially in, in tech hubs like San Francisco or New York, it's easy to lose focus and try to focus on like the big picture and how are you going to get to a million users? Well, it starts with the first customer. And for me, it was about really people in San Francisco, because at the beginning, all of our trainings were delivered in person. I just couldn't clone myself. So <laughs> I would rent literally a conference room in a co-working space such as WeWork. And also started hosting free events on Meetup and Eventbrite, some of these websites where you can publish an event. So that's what I did. I showed up at a co-working space and I said, I just need a desk. <laughs> and uh, every once a week, I would like to use the lobby to host a free event. And I will be the speaker as well. So it was very humble. just getting groups of 50 to 100 people once a week where I would be teaching small master classes or very specific things related to product management that I knew very well. And from there, I started getting some interest in taking next steps. I also became very active on a forum called Quora, Quora.com, mm -hmm. a huge mm -hmm. community for people in tech in general where there are all types of questions. So I decided to narrow down on questions related to product management and how to get a job in product. So I suddenly became the most popular writer I have almost 2 million views up today, but this is because it literally blocked my calendar. And for the first six months, I spent two to three hours a day literally answering every single question on product management and then following up with the person who asked that to make sure that they got their question answered. I, I connected with them on LinkedIn and I really tried to build that personal relationship because I knew that my break-even point was literally for customers. Wow. And what, what did that mean in terms of, of break-even? Was it like your initial investment that you, you took out of pocket to start the company? Yes. So that's exactly it. My biggest investment was my time. I was dedicated full-time to this. So as you can imagine, maybe Monday through Friday, I would have my full-time job, which was running the school. And then at nights, uh, weeknights and weekends, I would also be speaker of my own events and instructor of my own courses. I also started becoming speaker, speaker in other people's events to try to get the word out there. So the first two years were really tough because it was just myself. I didn't have, I was literally reinvesting every single penny in growth, but company was, was very small. So I had to ask for favors to friends that work in product at Google and some of these companies. Hey, do you mind subbing for me this day because I have something else and you can give a talk? And it was literally like that. And I'm glad that looking backwards, I'm glad that I really did it. There's no shortcut to what I'm doing today because I was obsessed with quality. I really didn't want this to be uh, whatever, another online course, another video that you put out there. This is a very high touch approach where I get to know every single person and spend each program is 40 hours. So imagine the, the type of relationship that you build with every single person. Yeah. I'm having so many thoughts of questions, but like for those first two years, I mean, at, at what point did you know, okay, this is going to be something. Did you have a moment where you thought, okay, finally we're, we're this is where I, and I think it's going to go like be as big as it is today. Or, or did you know, like at the outset that this was going to be something? I would love to say, yes, I had a huge vision and we are going to change the world. But the reality is no, I started very humble. 
And I just wanted to continue earning the, the trust of a customer one by one. And yes, we were growing slowly, but I never expected anything like what it is today. And now seeing all the traction that we are getting, I'm actually much more bullish than before because <laughs> I can, I now I'm in a position to really believe strongly in, in the future. But I wasn't really that, I wasn't nervous about it because for me, it was all about being happy. And at that time I was, I was getting married. I, you know, I've, I've lived with so many roommates. I've been housing for so long. I, I didn't know if it would be possible to combine work and life because I never had a life. So I think this was a good experience for me to realize that I can be more productive if I'm happier at home. And if I say no to other things and then slowly, but surely we started getting some of that initial traction. Mm. At what point did you start to think of it as a school versus a, uh, I don't know what you would call it, more like a you, you just teaching one off, almost like a coach or something? Was there that transition or did you always think of it as a school? So there were a few key decisions that I made at the beginning that in some case I think I, I got right. One is that I knew since the beginning that this was going to be a school. This wasn't going to be Carlos school. This is product school. So as soon as possible, I wanted to delegate. But the reality is that it's such a high-touch process that I didn't feel comfortable enough until literally two years in, in the week. So yes, this is absolutely a focus. This is a school. This is not an individual. This is a platform to enable other product leaders who are much better than me to really have a voice. Because if you look at most of the tech events, especially in the Bay Area, they're all about founders and CEOs. And mm -hmm. that's great. But there wasn't really a single platform for the product leaders or the product managers, the people who build stuff. Uh, so this was, this resonated really well with, with a lot of literally like celebrities in the product space that didn't have a voice. And uh, for me and for them to see that they show up in a place and there are thousands of people clapping at you, especially the first time, it's extremely impressive because you know, I'm talking about product leaders at Google, Facebook, Uber, Airbnb. They obviously are extremely smart and confident and great public speakers. But the reality is that they are just one out of thousands of people in, in such a large organization, right? It's hard to stand out when there are so many smart people around you and, and everyone is, is building products. So when you come to an event and there's suddenly thousands of people who never had the opportunity to meet anyone from any of those companies, it's such a, such a shock for everyone that it really creates an amazing environment. And that's something that I miss personally as a student. I never had the excitement of going to class to learn from the best. And mm. this is exactly what I wish I had. I literally learning exactly what I want from the best people in the world. And so to your question before about kind of those key decisions that I made first, one is this is going to be school, not individual or lifestyle business. Two, these the instructors have to be practitioners. Uh, I don't want full-time teachers here. Everyone has to keep a full-time job at the best possible places in the world. And they want to come here to teach on the side because that also creates a different motivation for them. And if you look at our students, nobody's here because their parents are sending them to get credits. They are paying out of pocket because they're hungry. They want to grow their career. So if you put all of those ingredients together, then you can, you can experience something very, very incredible that I've never seen in my life as a student. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's wild. It's such a cool journey. So how did you... How did you start to think about building out your team? Because you mentioned like 
you're doing everything yourself. It seems like you're doing 10 different jobs. What was like that experience, like building a, a team out initially? Yeah. So, I mean, at some point I started breaking. I just can't physically do everything. And also, yeah. I, I can't be the best at absolutely everything. So I got to a point where I had to delegate. And first I delegated to my friends who were working in product at some of these key companies. And then eventually I was able to hire other people to delegate parts of the business where I am the best and the parts that I still do to this day is product marketing. I love people. I love being out there. And obviously I don't have the time to be an instructor anymore, but I still like to contribute as a guest speaker sometimes or in certain moments that my team needs me. I think that the marketing product and also the recruiting piece is something that as a founder still to this day, we are much bigger just to give you an idea of the scale. We are over 50 people full time, excluding all the instructors, but I still like to participate at least in one interview for every single hire that we make. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important to have a good team around you when you're starting anything. And it sounds like you, you kind of played it the right way by branching out from, from friends to start. Although it, it is kind of interesting working with friends <laughs> um, that has its own dynamic and things as well. You mentioned earlier, sort of going to the, these, these conferences and some of the excitement and stuff. And one of the things that I've noticed is that there's this conference called Product Con. Uh, I'd love to know kind of how did you incorporate this into product school and what, what is Product Con all about? Product Con is a celebration of product managers, literally. And this is something that didn't exist before. And that's the whole point. Like, why is, how is it possible that everyone is celebrating founders and CEOs and forgetting about many other functions in a company? So I wanted to fill that gap. I obviously started the company as an education company that our business is, is training and uh, people who want to get certified in product management, they pay a, t- a tuition. But around that education piece, we built an entire community. And I think that is really, really good because not everyone can afford to pay those certifications and not everyone wants to do it either. So over 90% of the resources that we create are absolutely free. One of those are the conferences. We also produce over a thousand events per year. We publish books. We can talk about all of that later. But for the conference specifically, I said, well, let's do a full-on day to bring the very best people in the world to tell us how they build products. And we started in San Francisco in 2018. Then this worked so, so well that we expanded to five other cities in total. So we were doing ProdCon in San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, London, and Seattle. Then we launched our online conferences. And obviously now during this time, all of them are online. But the, the caliber of the speakers, it's, it's outstanding. Just to give you an idea, we got the VP of product at Netflix, two VPs of product at Netflix, VP of product at Disney+, Plus, VP of product at Facebook, Chief Product Officer at Waymo and Waze. We're literally going for the best. And I, and I think that's important since the first day. Like, I don't want to sacrifice on quality. And mm-hmm. uh, as, as long as everyone in the company understands that and it's part of our culture, I think that's, that, that, that's the direction I'm trying to set. Do you feel like that helps you stay up to date with curriculum too by having all of the, the leading product managers throughout the world really involved with your, with your school um, as opposed to just like hiring people who are pure teachers? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I don't think we're keeping a single character from the first version of the curriculum that I built six years ago. 
uh, all of the or most of the instructors who participate at product school also contribute to curriculum. So we are constantly iterating it on a quarterly basis, and we are getting input from so many different companies in different industries across different stages. And that type of velocity and literally treating our own curriculum as a product is what sets us apart. By the time any traditional university tries to come up with a product management course, we've probably done three iterations. And, I, and I, I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with being extremely focused on product. I believe this is not a niche. This is actually a, a huge market. I didn't know that six years ago. Mm-hmm. Now I'm convinced. And uh, the only way we can attract the best talent is to really give them that recognition. Mm-hmm. You know, think about it. If you are a rock star in, in your field and you are going to donate or part of your family time to give back to the community, you want to be in a place where you want your students to be hungry and you are going to be recognized. And I've seen a lot of other institutions there that teach so many different topics that it's really hard to convince the best in each of those topics because they are just not that unique. Yeah. I also want to ask you, like, now that you're six years into it, how do you see the product management industry today? Has it changed? Or do people know what product management is? I guess I'm trying to ask, like, where do you see uh, product school at and sort of like the adoption curve? Like, you know, I don't know if that makes sense, but <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, oh my God, it's such a different situation right now. At the very beginning, we started by literally explaining people what product management is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, we started explaining what product management is not. It's not coding. It's not project management. Trust me, this is important. Now I don't have to explain that anymore. It's a no-brainer. So if you look at any company way beyond tech, this is not just for technology companies. Think about a bank where any company has more than one employee. Everyone is using some sort of software to collaborate. In many cases, they're also using software to showcase their products, to deliver their products. So every every company needs multiple products. It's using products, hence they need someone to put some order in the room, and that's called product managers. So now we're seeing a, an incredible evolution of the product management discipline. First of all, in, within companies, product is not like a sub-team of marketing or technology. Now you see the role of a chief product officer that reports directly to the CEO, and that's in between marketing and product. It's its own team. In many cases, actually, the CEOs come from a product background, which really helps to, to demonstrate that um, these companies care about building products. Um, and then there's an entire career path. So now people have much more access to information and they know what they have to do in order to get a job in product, but also in order to grow their careers in product. Yeah. And do you do you think that the the world knows about it or is it still because I could see six years being enough time to sort of get in front of everyone and so that everyone starts to know. But I guess like, do you feel like there's a lot of room to grow still with with product school? I've never been more bullish. I think this is the best time in history to build digital products because stores are closed and everyone's online. So we need more products. We need more product people more than ever. Um, So with that being said, I've also seen that there are many other macro trends that are contributing to this. Obviously, what's going on in Silicon Valley, New York, and other tech hubs is different than in the rest of the world. So now I think there's a huge opportunity to take some of this magic to other parts of the world who are still don't know that much about products. So I look at the adoption as a as an S shape where in certain markets obviously we are 
growing fast because there's ma there are a lot of jobs. There's a lot of education around it. There are other markets, let's say uh, Latin America or certain parts of Asia or Africa that still don't have that, that type of adoption. And I think the opportunity is huge. And for us, the focus is to really grow and build a platform to provide resources to anyone who wants to learn more about it. It's not about, oh, you have to buy our course. No, you, you, you have to learn about it because I believe that if we push the industry forward, there will be more opportunities for everyone. So um, I'm curious now, like where the company's at in terms of like instructors and students, like how, how are your cohorts set up? How many are running at a, at a time? Yes, so everything is online. And this was by design a few years ago, way before COVID hit. So basically, we are a community of over 1 million members. We've graduated over 20,000 students. And we have three different certifications for different levels of expertise. So the first one is called Product Manager Certificate. And that is for aspiring product managers. This is usually professionals with three to five years of experience, maybe not in product, maybe they're engineers, consultants, marketers, you name it. And they just need help with that final push to get their first product management job. But we also have two additional certifications for the experienced product managers who want to continue grow in their career. That is exactly how we are positioning the company. We are creating education and resources for product people across different stages of, of their career. And then in terms of the delivery and the instructors, so everything is live online. And I believe in that, yes, there's some components that might be consumed uh, on demand, but I really believe in the power of interaction with the product leaders who are the best in the world. So it doesn't matter where you live, you are still going to get access to the same caliber of top-notch product leaders who work in Silicon Valley at some of these companies that I mentioned before. And uh, that, that's how we are set up. Three years ago, we also decided to launch our enterprise services because a lot of the students who still take our individual courses, they're being sponsored by their companies. And it got to a point that their companies as big as Adobe that were sending us literally tens and tens of people. <laughs> so we would go to HR and be like, hey, do you know that 33 people who are using your money to learn product management? And so when I started building more partnerships to train entire organizations. I was going to ask about that too, on the company side. So for a company that wants to, let's say, hire a student or, or be more involved with product school, I, I guess, how would a company find value and get involved with what you are doing? Yeah, so I'm, I'm a big believer in this uh, type of bottom-up approach where instead of just cold calling people to pitch a service, you, you can really let people try and be part of your community. So when we go to some of these companies, first of all, I mean, we still go, but in some cases they reach out because, they, you know, the same person who's been signing checks at some point start asking, how is it possible that I authorized 10 purchases for, for product school? What is product school? Let's call these people and, and maybe try to figure something out that is more custom. So usually it starts like that with uh, individuals who are sponsored by their companies or in some cases instructors who have such a great experience that also refer us uh, usually VPs of product are our champions within those organizations and uh, and then we go in and we customize programs because each company is different so we can adjust to their schedule to their content to their level of seniority and uh, what's interesting is that now this type of training is not only for product managers as I thought originally now we're, we're seeing this evolution of the product mindset or product-led organizations every company every member of a company needs to understand what the product is so even if you don't work in product 
let's say you work in sales, you work in operations, you work in marketing, the more you know about your product, the better for everyone. So we are literally creating learning paths for the entire organization and customizing them depending on their function. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting too. You mentioned like the other areas of the company needing to understand product. Uh, one of the things that I've seen is there's sometimes a comparison between CEOs and product managers. How do you feel like that comparison holds up? Are, are, are they pretty similar or what are the key differences? Well, I can definitely take that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I think it's very similar, especially at the beginning. Let me explain that. When you build a company, usually company equals product. Obviously, as the company grows, there's much more to that, such as operations, compliance, legal, and things that you probably don't have to care much when you are just building and trying to attract your first customer. So I definitely see an overlap in terms of skill sets. And, and the market is also supporting this because I've seen so many companies such as Google, Facebook, and so on that hire founders as product managers. And I've also seen a lot of product managers who at some point decide to build for themselves and start their own companies. So there's definitely an overlap there. Obviously, when you are an official PM at a larger organization, there are more politics involved and there are more processes and you might need to have a more reduced scope in terms of your responsibilities. When you are founder or an early stage employee, you are kind of an athlete trying to tackle absolutely everything, breaking things, moving fast. So we can talk more about those specifics, but there is definitely a connection between uh, founders and product managers. Yeah. And uh, this is random, but in my research, I, I read that you, at least at one point, were a soccer player. Do you still play soccer? <laughs> uh, I, that was my dream when I was a kid. No, I don't play anymore, unfortunately, uh, but I've played a lot of soccer in my life. Of course, I'm from Spain, so, you know, you have to play soccer. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, do, you have a, do you have a team, like a Spanish uh, league team? What, yeah. is the, what, is, what is the league called in Spain? It's called La Liga, and I'm obsessed. La Liga. Real Madrid. I'm also from Madrid, so everything lines up. Ah, very nice. Well, that's a good team to root for. <laughs> a, lot yeah. of, a lot of great players. Um, well, um, thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, this was fantastic, and I, I'm excited for our listeners to learn a bit more about Product School. I will mention that you also wrote a book, uh, the product book, How to Become a Great Product Manager, which is available for free uh, on your website, which is www.productschool.com. Um, thank you so much. This was super fascinating, and I'm really excited to see where Product School goes over the next few years. Thank you. It's been fun. Need some help with product? AWH is a digital product consulting, user experience, and software development firm here to help you create great digital products. Check out www.awh.net or follow us on Twitter at AWHNet to learn more.